0: amen um i'm excited to be here with you guys tonight and um we've been doing a little mini series on hope uh based out of romans fifteen thirteen. and uh i'm gonna read that same verse tonight how many of you have been like reading this verse every day or praying it over yourself or digging deeper anyone Not every day but i i have done it more than fantastic <laughs> the rest of you i'm right there with you it's all good <laughs> Uh, But tonight I want to read the verse from the amplified version, which the amplified version kind of, if you read it, it's got like parentheses next to some of the words and it just explains it. It like amplifies it. I guess that's why it's called the amplified version. And so sometimes it helps me gain a better understanding. But it says this, may the God of hope, the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. Week one, we talked about our need, our, our need for hope. Um, and specifically your generation, all the things that you guys face, the pressures and demands of social media. Um, Drug and alcohol abuse, sin, temptation, technology. Um, Basically, you're growing up in an entirely different world than I did in the 80s. Uh, When I got home from school, I played in the dirt under the trees after I did my chores. And so maybe some of you still do that. I don't know. But basically, life is always changing. and, And the older you get, the harder it gets. And the further we advance, the harder it gets. Because there's all kinds of things coming at you guys. And we talked about our need for hope. And this is the one thing that I keep hearing from this room week after week. I've heard it said, I'm scared to trust again. What if God takes someone else that I love? It's a loaded question. What if he does? Will he he still be God? Will he still be good? Because the reality is this. Josh didn't belong to us. We don't even belong to ourselves. See, we belong to a higher power, to a God who created us. And God isn't God because he gives us good things and because he blesses us. God isn't God because he zaps people with lightning bolts and does cruel things that leave our lives in shreds. God is God simply because he is God. Regardless of what your life circumstances, regardless of what season you're in, regardless if everything is a mountaintop view and it's beautiful and it's awesome and it's full of good things, or it's in a valley and lonely and full of darkness and despair and you just can't understand why things have happened the way they've happened. But here's the problem with hope, okay? So we all agree after week one that we need hope. Hope is like this longing, this expectation. But here's the problem with hope is you and I often put our hope in the wrong thing. I hope that my life is good. I hope that my grandma doesn't die. I hope that my parents don't get a divorce. I hope that God heals my friend of cancer. So what happens is when God doesn't do what you think he should do because he's actually not a puppet on a stream, our hopes are crushed, right? And then what? We're ticked off at God, right? And, and so the, the, the concept is this. Misaligned hope will always put us at odds against God. We're not to have hope... In a changing set of circumstances, but we have hope because of the unchanging God who is with us. This time last year when things were great, life was normal, okay? God was God, and he loved you guys, and he had great plans for your life. And he loved the way that you came here on Wednesday nights and worshiped. And guess what? A year later, even though it looks a lot different, guess what? God is still God. He still loves you. He still loves that you come here on Wednesday nights and worship. And he still has great plans for your life. That is the hope. The hope is in the unchanging God. Week two, we talked about how our joy and trust is dependent on our believing God in his word. Basically, when I don't experience joy and peace, I hate saying this, but whatever, just step on my toes. When I don't have joy and peace, it's because I don't believe in God and his word. Point blank. That's it. It's not because there's a shortage, right? Like if you go to H-E-B right now, there is a shortage of bottled water because everyone is panicking, right? Like I'm about to start pawning off bottles of water tomorrow for my office. Probably not. But there's a shortage. And so joy and peace, joy joy is not like happiness on some extreme level because everything is great. Joy is like I can show up. And know that God has this even in the midst of hurting. And peace is that knowing, like, it's going to be okay. Like, like, I can lie down and sleep at night because it's going to be okay. So when I don't have joy and peace, it's because Tara is struggling to believe God in his word. Yikes. Week three, we talked about uh, how we are created to overflow with hope. We busted through the line that God can't give us as much hope as we need. But the truth is this. We can't contain all the hope that God wants to give us. We can't. This week we're talking about through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the point. God isn't asking you to work up hope or faith or belief or to fix it all on your own. He's asking you to work through his power translation. God isn't asking you to be God. He's just asking you to let him be God. Okay. Have you ever experienced power that you weren't quite prepared for? Maybe a power tool, maybe a um, motorized wheelchair like I was in last Wednesday night at midnight at the new HEV. Now I use these from time to time. It is what it is. We can have a discussion later. It's irrelevant to this, but I'm at HEV last Wednesday night at midnight because I need deodorant and I'm so distracted by everything in the store. And I'm talking to one of my friends on the phone, and so I'm literally just doing circles around ATV, man. There's like no one in there but me and the cleaning people. And I've used these before. I know, the visual's hilarious. I've used these before at Walmart, man, you name it. And so, I'm like, I know how this thing goes. It just goes slow, right? And I don't know why, but sometimes when I'm riding in one of those, I love to just hang my right foot right off the edge of the wheelchair. Like, I just scoot around, and I'm like (laughs) And um, so I was doing that. And I was on the phone. I was in the deodorant aisle. I'm giving little sprays because I'm like, that's a new scent. I could rock that. And, and so I'm in the, in the motorized car, sniffing different deodorants. Like, I don't mind with the deodorant smelling like this cosmic rainbow full of different scents. And I'm talking to my friend from work. And uh, she's talking to me about something I don't remember what. And I'm just, like, fiddling with the handlebar. Because the handlebar, you don't really have to like, you know how it can kind of flick? Well, you probably don't know, but you can kind of flick it and it doesn't do anything, right? Yeah. Well, holy mackerel, I'm on the phone, <laughs> my foot's hanging off the wheelchair. I flick the handle because I've done this a million times. Like, I'm a professional Mario Kart, motorized wheelchair, Walmart cart user, okay? The car goes forward and not only goes forward, but goes at an accelerated speed <laughs> that I'm not yeah. prepared for. It runs over my big toe, so I say a bad word, and then I'm panicking because it just ran over my big toe, and I'm not thinking about how to stop it because I'm thinking about the deodorant and I'm on the phone, and I literally run into the end shelf with the wheelchair, and it's like... I'm like, okay. Well, this is awkward. I said, "Look, I've got to talk to you tomorrow." Goodbye. <laughs> and I hung up, and nothing fell, and my toe is okay. But basically, that motorized wheelchair had power that I wasn't prepared for. And the same is true for you and I, because according to Romans 15:13, we are to do it all through the power of the Holy Spirit. We overflow with hope in God through the power of the Holy Spirit. But what exactly does the power of the Holy Spirit look like, right? Like it's far better than the new HEB motorized wheelchairs. Most of us try to live godly lives running on the fumes of the world's power rather than being aflame with the power of the Holy Spirit. World power, Holy Spirit power, okay? The problem with that is this. It's not sustainable. The world's power is temporary. Leaving a person always wanting more. Have you ever tried to change yourself on your own? Like you got a bad habit, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to quit doing that, right? Day one, day two, day three. Man, day four, I'm over it. And I'm done because it's not happening. But if I do the exact same thing, so sugar, for instance. I like sugar. Sugar likes me. We get along real great. We like BFF, okay? And, and there have been times that I'm like, I'm going to quit eating sugar. I'm going to quit drinking sugar. And I'll make it like... Maybe a day. Two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. Thanks for the voter support, Homie. Appreciate that. I might make it a day or two, and it doesn't last long. And I'm like, man, forget it. Like, someone hook it up. But if I approach not eating or drinking sugar with Jesus, it's entirely different. It changes everything. Because I'm tapping into a power that is far greater than anything the world could ever offer me. The Bible says this. In Luke 24, 49. And these are some different scriptures about the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen carefully. This is Jesus talking. I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed or fully <clears throat> equipped with power from on high. It doesn't say till you have a little taste of power, it says until you are fully equipped. With power. Translation, you and I got the hookup. And we're supposed to be living with the hookup, but we're not, right? We're like a phone on 20%, and Jesus is like, Hello, you're supposed to be at 100% all the time. But you're not plugged into the right source. Because you cannot get power from the world to live as Jesus wants you to live. The power has to come through the Holy Spirit, right? 2 Corinthians twelve nine. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough. Always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. Completely enfold. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that the word power um, in the English Bible, when it's translated to the Greek, it's the word dynamis, from which we get the word dynamite. Dynamite power is what we're talking about. I looked up some videos earlier to show you guys they were, they were anticlimactic, so I skipped it. But dynamite power. Um, <clears throat> in Acts 1.8, Jesus tells his disciples that before they could go change the world... They would, be, um, they would receive the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, everyone close your eyes. We're going to take a time out. How many of you, honestly speaking, would say that right now your life is marked by dynamite Holy Spirit power in your everyday world? Raise your hand. Fantastic. How many of you would say that your life is not marked by Holy Spirit dynamite power like it should be? Okay, that's a majority of us in the room. You can open your eyes. And that's okay. There's grace for that, okay? Um, The Holy Spirit possesses a dynamite-like power that works within a believer to blast out anything that is unlike God. It is not a power that exalts you above others. It is not a power to promote you. It is not a power to make you shine, but to make Jesus shine. It doesn't manipulate or control others. But the Holy Spirit uses his power to break us so that he might remake us. If you guys read Hebrews chapter 11, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Um, It's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. And uh, I heard someone say one time that everyone should be a Hebrews 11.41. There's 40 verses in that chapter, but everyone should be a Hebrews 11.41, which says, By faith, Hannah yada yada fill in a blank with whatever you're going to do by faith right so this idea of like you and i could belong in the hall of faith and it's one of the most action-packed chapters in the bible um if you haven't read it i would encourage you to read it um here we'll just read it ready now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen for by it the people of old received their commendation Creepy! Super cool. That's awesome. Like, homeboy's dead and he's still speaking. I don't even know what that means, but that's cool. <clears throat> Verse 5: By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Translation: Homeboy Enoch is still on the side of a milk carton somewhere because God took him. He never died. God is just like, man, Enoch, you're my boy. You're full of faith. Come on, come home. Never died. Like, there was never a you funeral know, for Enoch. No one ever found Enoch because of his faith. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Wouldn't that be something if your life was commended? He pleased God. She pleased God. Wouldn't that be incredible if that's what people said of you when you were no longer here? Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Verse seven. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Noah built a boat long before there was a drop of rain. There were no power tools no outlets, no YouTube tutorials, Pinterest, DIY videos, no Lowe's, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, Westlake hardware. There was nothing. There was zip. Zip. Nilch exactly. Nilch squat. Exactly. Zip Nil. squat. Exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. And as if building that giant boat with zip nil zilch squat wasn't hard enough. Noah was responsible for getting two of every kind of animal on the ark. Come here, mama. Come here. You want to make it? You know, like I don't know how that works. But if those animals were anything like my dog, they don't listen. And that had to have been a long day for Noah. I'm just saying. But Noah did it. Continuing on, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's incredible. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past age. Y'all, she was like a hundred, a hundred. People that are a hundred play bingo, eat dinner at three thirty, and smell like mothballs. They don't make babies. She was 100, but she believed that God said, God said, he's going to give me a child, and I'm just going to believe that. And she believed, and guess what happened? God gave her a child. That's like humanly impossible. That's ridiculous. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return, but as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city." refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Talk about a lonely road to walk. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, don't miss this part, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, Some of my favorites. You know what their secret weapon was? 5,000 followers on Instagram. Yep. All those people were like the number one VIP in a social media room. You know what their secret was? All their jerseys and shoes in their closet. Or their vehicles. Or their sports statistics. Or who their circle was, their best friends. That was their parents. It was a famine. Actually, it was how much money they had. See, all these people, they had a ton of money, and so they were set, and it was like easy for them to do like these impossible things. No, but isn't that how you and I live our lives? Isn't that what we chase after? being honest, right? Their secret weapon was the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit power. There's a verse. I don't know where it's at. I forgot to write it down. Somewhere between Genesis and Revelation. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah. Let me know when you find it. You can quote it to me next week. (laughs) Actually in two weeks. It says this. That the same spirit. The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Is on the inside of you. Y'all he was three days dead. Yet there is no Pinterest tack for how to bring someone back from the dead. Three days dead. The same Spirit of God. That same Holy Spirit power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. So, it all goes back to Romans fifteen thirteen, and we're done. This is the last week of this. Actually, I'm going to read it in the ESV. I should have it memorized, but... the power of the Holy Spirit... May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to like cook it up or work it up or sack yourself out and be like, okay, okay, today I have hope. I have hope. I have hope. Now you just got to tap into the power that's already there. And how do you tap into that power? How do you charge your phone if it's dead? You plug it in, right? So if you're feeling dead spiritually, how do you power back up? Play an Xbox? Fortnite? Snapchat streaks? Pray, pray, pray. Praying and getting in the word, right? But how difficult is it for you to get in God's word every single day? It's difficult. So here's the question for you. What kind of power will you live your life with? God is trying to give you the absolute best Holy Spirit power. But whether you live in that and walk in that is your choice. You won't get Holy Spirit power by trolling on Facebook. You won't get Holy Spirit power by doing all the things that we all do every single day that never satisfy us. The only way you get Holy Spirit power is through a direct relationship with Jesus Christ, through abiding with him, through daily getting in his word, but not just getting in his word, but memorizing his word and doing what his word says and praying and having hard conversations and asking people to walk with you and reaching out to people when you want to do something stupid and say, man, I really want to do this. And then they're just going to talk you off the cliff. That's how you tap in to Holy Spirit power. What you feed is... It is what becomes stronger and greater. We will never live godly lives running on the fumes of the world's power. But we must be aflame with the power of the Holy Spirit. You will never live a godly life trying to do it on your own. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, it's our choice. Right? It's our choice how we spend our time. You want to be a strong man of God? You want to be a strong woman of God? You want your name to be in Hebrews chapter 11? Do you want God to say of you at the end of your life, She pleased God. God was proud to be his God. Then you've got to tap into that Holy Spirit power. God, thank you for tonight. and um, God, thank you for a reminder about who you are and where our power comes from. And God, thank you for Romans 15, 13. God, thank you that you are a God of hope. You are not a God of heartache. You are not a God of disappointment. You are not a God of broken promises. You are a God of hope. And as we choose to trust and believe in you, you fill us with joy and peace. And God, as we walk in the power of your spirit, that resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead after three days of dead. When we walk in that, we overflow with hope. God, we never run out. God, it's really, really easy to put our hope in changed circumstances. But God, that's not what you call us to. You call us to believe in a God who is with us in all things and for us in all things. You call us to choose to trust in you when it doesn't make sense. And God, you promise that you'll give us joy and peace in the journey. That we'll overflow with hope. God, I pray for each one of us in this room that we would surrender. God, instead of coming before you with clenched fists, God, I pray that we would come before you with open hands. God, thank you for the way you love us and you cheer us on. May we be people of faith. May we be people who walk in your power. In Jesus' name, amen.